0: ready for the word today? All right, let's turn into Proverbs chapter 11, 24 through 25. Proverbs chapter 11, 24 through 25. We've started a new series this year called Expanding Your World, okay? Expanding Your World. And it comes from a uh, part of the scripture, Proverbs 11, 24, 25, and I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible. Because I believe this is is a word for us this year. It says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And the one who blesses others, here it is, is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are also helped. Let's pray. Father, we just invite your presence to move in this place today, Lord. I know you're already here. I know you've already begun something in the praise and worship. And Father, we just ask that you would come. Open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. Alter destinies. Impart vision and strength and remove excuses that keep us from accomplishment, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love that scripture because it it speaks about possibilities, okay? Expanding uh, your world, causing your world to be bigger. Now, I know you grew up with Walt Disney telling you it's a small world after all. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't get mad because I'm talking about Walt. He's a good dude. But let me tell you something. God says something else. He says the world of those that uh, are generous, it gets bigger and bigger. Stingy people, here goes, has a, have, they have a small world. What does that mean to be stingy? Somebody that's not giving. Somebody that is not, it's the opposite of generous. Somebody that doesn't think to be generous to others, their world will always be small. But we don't want to have a small world. We want to have a big world. Why do we want to have a big world? Because a big world speaks of possibilities, of choices. And many of us might have grew up in homes where we didn't have a lot. And guess what happens when you grow up in homes where you don't have a lot? You don't have a lot of choices. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. When you don't have a lot, if you don't have a lot, beans, rice, and tortillas, that's all you need in life. Amen? amen. That's it. That'll get you through. Beans and rice and Jesus Christ. Amen? That's all, you, that's all you really need right there. That's it. We're good. But when you get prosperous and you have stuff, you got some choices. Now, you can have some chicken with the beans and rice. You can have some masala with it. Come on, some eyes, whatever you, Whatever floats your boat, you know? You can have it. But you know what has to happen? You've got to come into a place where you're, you have more than enough. You've got to come into a place of abundance. Uh, and I know it's cold in here. Uh, we're going to get the ushers to pa- pla- uh, pass out blankets later on. Who wants a blanket? No, no, no. <laughs> we're working on, uh, I guess, the heater here. They're having some problems at the school. And, and I know it's a little cold, so I'm going to so bear with us. Huddle together. Uh, get closer you married couples you know that aren't used maybe you're not used to touching well come on (laughs) single singles be careful all right don't get (laughs) don't want to start a fire in here if you know what I mean Uh, but I want I want to uh, show you Deuteronomy chapter 818 we talked about this last week and I'm just kind of laying a foundation for where I'm going today uh, Deuteronomy 8:18 8, if you don't know it you need to know it you need to memorize it you need to get it in your spirit because it is a word from God for your life. It is a word that removes excuses if you'll let it. It is a word that you can build upon and it will produce. And here's what it says. It says and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And this, we know, is an eternal covenant from God to the children of Israel uh, in Deuteronomy. And you say, well, if it was for them, why is it for me? Because Romans tells us that when we come into Christ, the blessings of the Israelites, the blessings of Abraham, the things that God promised them, we come into that thing by adoption. So every promise that Abraham had on his life, you and I now have. So when we read the Old Testament and we come across this word that God told Israel, guess who he's telling it to today? You, if you'll believe it and if you'll receive it. And so look what it says. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for he gives you the power to get wealth. He gives it to you. He gives it to me. He gives us a power, the ability, the divine ability, the supernatural ability to obtain wealth. That's a promise. You know what that means? That means whatever you put your hands to do, if you will remember the Lord your God, you can prosper in it. You know what I like to call this? It's our ticket out of limitations. It's our ticket out of lack. It's our ticket out of poverty. It's our ticket, come on, out of the hood. Ooh, don't talk about the hood now. We like it over here. No, 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 it's our ticket out. It's our ticket out because it says here, if you remember the Lord your God, it's he who gives you the power to get wealth. And here's the kicker. Why does God want you to have stuff? So that you can establish his covenant. So that you and I could spread the word, baby. So that you and I could feed the hungry. So that you and I can do great exploits in the world and be a blessing to others. I tell you what, it's real hard to lift people when you ain't got jack. It's real hard to lift people when you're the one that needs the lifting. So what does God do? He tells us this. Listen, I'm with you. But here's the thing. Remember me. Remember me. That's a problem in today's church. Because the only time we remember God is when we're in his house. You know, Monday through Saturday, a lot of us don't think much about the Lord. We don't so, so-called remember him. Until you're in the church, hearing a preacher, or around praise and worship, and then maybe you remember him. But listen, God needs to be somebody that daily we remember. Amen? And as we remember the Lord, as we include God, as we partner with God, this word begins to come into your life, for it's he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. See, in America, we don't know what poverty is. We don't know what poverty is. You know, there's, in other countries, they look at our hood, and it's, it's the palace to them. Oh, come with us to India, see how folks are living go across the border with us to Mexico and go in some of them houses there's been some years we've gone into the houses and it's dirt floors which translates into mud when it's raining and they're out there they're out there sweeping the dirt floor and we're over here in America even in the projects thinking we're poor when that area that that that's that level of living in many other countries is amazing we got indoor plumbing you get a sink you could get water out of. There are places in Africa that don't have that. And here's the thing. It's, when you look at the entire world, it's a high percentage of people living like that. Yeah. And what has God given us? Well, he's given us the ability to be blessed, but he goes even further than that. He gives us the power to get wealth. But you've got to remember the Lord your God. And here's the other thing. You've got to remember what it's for. It's not all just for you. It's not all just so you can have nice handbags. Come on. I feel a brick spirit coming in here. I saw heads look up. Mm-hmm. It's not just so you can have the latest Jordans. It's not just so you can get your true religion jeans and your nice stuff. Somebody got, got the, caught the Holy Ghost and I said true religion jeans. <laughs> ha <Hoo-ha. laughs> Listen, ain't nothing wrong with all that. If you're first remembering the Lord, And you're using what he gives you to establish his covenant in the earth. Amen? And when we do this, and when we understand this, you can see how a promise like this can give you options. But first, what needs to happen is we need to deal with the thoughts that we have in our minds. Because some of you, you've got to understand, you've been lied to. And you keep believing the lies. Well, I don't have a lot of education. Well, I'm an immigrant. Well, I got a record. Well, my past. Listen, it doesn't matter. You got a promise. You got a promise. And if I can get people to wake up to who they are, they can move beyond their limitations. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to wake up and understand that you don't have to stay at the level you're at. And a matter of fact, it's selfish to stay at the level you're at when God has given you the ability to get wealth, listen, for his purpose. He wants us to get wealth so that we can bless others, so that we can preach the word, so that we can take the gospel around the world. Amen? But we've got to wake up. We've got to start expanding our thinking in our world. We've got to start seeing God come into our world and cause it to get larger. I've told you the story so many times and I'll keep telling it because it's part of my testimony. When I was 19 years old, my world was very small. I was a young man that was not a good student. I was a young man that didn't have any money. I was a young man that wasn't very disciplined. I couldn't keep my room clean. I I, I mean, I was very, I was just a young man with a small world. And one day in my devotions, God gave me a word. And his word and my obedience to that word caused my world to grow. And that word was this, I've called you to go into all the nations and preach the gospel. That word it hit my spirit, and it caused my world to grow. But what caused my world to grow was when I woke up every day with that word in my spirit, and I began to obey it, and I began to seek after it, and I began to pursue it. And what happened then, what began to happen in that place is my world since that day, 19 years old, it began to grow and grow, and grow, and since that time, I have been places that I could have never dreamed of being. I've done things that I I couldn't even imagine doing, and and all these things happen because of the word. What would happen if God could speak that same word into your life? You know what would happen? Your world would expand. Impossibilities become possible, and that's the reason I can preach this so strong, because I'm a product of it, I'm a product of somebody who had a lot of issues that simply said, okay, God, I believe it. What do you want me to do? And my world began to grow. But you got to understand this. We've got to get rid of excuses. We've got to get rid of this and the reason why you can't and reason why you don't and the reason why you haven't. Get rid of all that. And I want you to remember this one thing. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your life is the result of your faith and your choices. Your life is the result of your faith and your choices. Your life is the result of your faith and your choices. I want you to leave that with that leave here with that ringing in your spirit. Because what rings in your spirit for many of us is reasons. The reasons that we're here No, 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 I'm not going to go. <laughs> we have reasons that we know they're called excuses. Reasons why we didn't do something. Reasons why we're not going to college. Reasons why we don't start a business. Reasons why we don't serve in church. Reasons why we're not in discipleship. The reasons, all those things are excuses. Some of us have big ones. We think, well, I'm never going to be much because I didn't have a dad. Because my parents didn't love me. Because I was molested. Because this happened. Because I'm an immigrant. Because I didn't get a lot of education. See, all these reasons, you've got to understand, they do not determine the life you're going to have. What determines the life you're going to have is your faith. What are you willing to believe is possible in your life? Because if you believe it's possible, it's possible. But the second thing are your choices. Because many of you say you believe certain things, but your choices tell us otherwise. Ooh, we, just say we don't like that. We, we don't like things that tell on us. Amen? That's, that's the thing about most Christians. We, we don't like to get close to anything that will reveal who we really are. We like to believe our own hype. I love the Lord. God can do anything in my life. We like to say stuff like that. But if we look at your choices, they don't say that. God is first in my life. God and family keep saying that. But your choices reveal who's really first in your life. And if we look close enough, you'll find it ain't God that's first in your life. It ain't even your family that's first in your life. It's you. And, you know, the word has a way of showing us what we believe and what we, what we, how we live and the things, we, the things we're really talking about. You know, yeah, that's why you got to be careful with people that are just lip service. Oh, I love the Lord. You know, with God, all things are possible. Okay, well, do you tithe? Oh, well, um, you know. No, I don't know. Because when God is first, when you believe all things are possible, the lifestyle that backs that up is a lifestyle of generosity. So we've got to get rid of this mindset and these reasons for why we don't do good in the earth, why we don't produce, why we're not obtaining wealth. Why we're not prospering. Get rid of all your reasons today. Get rid of all those stinking reasons. Are they there? Yes. Okay. But let me tell you something. God is greater than your reasons. God didn't need to have a father in your life to make you great. Are you saying God can't make you great because you didn't have a dad that was in the home? Are you kidding me? Now, it would have been nice, it would have been a blessing, but God is greater than what you lacked, amen? Amen. Are you saying God can't make you great and wealthy because you didn't get a college education? See, when you tell me that, you're telling me college education is greater than God. If you get a college education, good, you should get one, amen? Every young person, it shouldn't even be, you know, an option. Get some education in you. Get some kind of education. Amen? But if you didn't get it, can God still make you great? Yes. I was abused, Pastor. I'm sorry, but listen, God is greater than the abuse you went through. But you know how we're going to find out what, you, what your life is going to produce? Your life is going to be the result of your faith and your choices. So let's start with the faith, okay? What is it that you believe about yourself? Not what you say you believe about yourself, but what you believe about yourself. We got to wake up to this. We have a large world. We've got choices because of whose we are. Whose are you? Your sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen? Amen? Now, some of us say we believe that, but you don't live like it. Because when things come your way, you're so used to saying, I can't. I can't do that. I can't go to school. I can't do this. I can't change jobs. I can't do this. I can't do that. I love what George Lopez said years ago, and I taught this to my kids when they were kids. I would say, son, we are called Mexicans, not Mexicans. You could translate that so many ways. You're Americans, not Americans. Amen? You're African-Americans, not African-Americans. Your Filipinos, uh, well, <laughs> y'all got to work that one out. Sorry. Y'all got to work that one out. But, 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 you, but you get the message. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And so many of us have lived in limitations for so long. We say that God can do anything in our lives, but our faith shows us others because otherwise. Because what is faith? Faith is believing and speaking. I could tell what you believe by spending five minutes with you and hearing what comes out of your mouth. That will tell you what somebody believes. Amen? That'll tell you what somebody believes. Amen? That's what's going to come out. That's what's going to come out of your life. Not what you tell me, but what's constantly coming out of your mouth. And there's so many limitations that so many of us have that we think we don't have. But when we ask you, hey, why don't you do this? Well, I can't. Listen, you got to get rid of that and you got to start building your faith up. You got to be reminded about who you are. Life is the result of your faith. Can God do anything in your life? That was weak. I said, can God do anything in your life? Do you have the power to get wealth? Okay, many of us say yes. But here's the thing what chances are you taking to manifest that? I've always wanted to start a business, Pastor. There's your reason to start a business right there. Well, I've always wanted to do this. That's your reason to do it right there. You know why? Because you cannot fail if you remember the Lord your God. Amen? Amen? You cannot fail. And that's where we begin to see people, you know, that's when we separate the men from the boys, so to speak. That's when we begin to separate the wheat from the tares by what your life is producing, what you're willing to get out of the comfort zone and produce. Look at Psalms chapter 1, 1 through 3. Psalms chapter 1, 1 through 3, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, listen, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever you do, shall prosper if you're like this. It doesn't say whatever he does will prosper if he had a good life, if he's rich, if he got a good education. You know, it doesn't say all that. It says simply if you make some good choices. Because that's the second ingredient in expanding your world. It's not only about what you believe, but it's about the choices you make. Psalms chapter one is about choices. He lays it out for you. You could get with this, or you could get with that. You could get with this. Or you go, oh, come on. It's what it's about. It's about choices. It's about your choices. Look what it says there. These are the choices you have to make. The first thing he says is, "Blesses is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly." You know what that choice is? Don't take counsel from ungodly people. Who speaks into your life? Who are you listening to? If you're going to have a life where everything you does, you prosper in, first thing you got to do is not take counsel from ungodly people. Who are you listening to? Quit listening to them, folks. It doesn't matter if they have the title mom or daddy in your life. If they're ungodly, separate yourself from that counsel. It doesn't matter that you grew up with them. It doesn't matter that, you know, they're, you know they're, they're a part of your life. Oh, I came up with them and da-da. It doesn't matter. If there's ungodly counsel in that, don't take it. Yeah. Some of us listen to the most wackest people. Well, you know, my hairdresser says, what? You want not listen to her? Married four times, <clears throat> fighting in the streets, and she giving you advice. Get yourself out of that. Well, you know what? My tia said, your Thea, man, come on. Quit taking counsel from ungodly people. That's the first thing in that scripture that you got to do. That's the first choice you got to make. The second thing you got to do there, it says, don't hang with those given to sinful ways. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, you know, that, that talks about don't hang with people that are given to sinful ways. Why are you always hanging there? Well, those are my boys. So? You got to make some better choices. Well, that's just my family, you know. That's how we do. That's family. You know what? Even sometimes if family's not good for you and your kids, you separate them from that. My kids are more important than goofy people in my family. We make idols of that word family. Aww. Sometimes family ain't healthy. oh, pastor, don't touch touch family. No, it needs to be touched because that family has put some of you in a prison because you think it's sacred. Listen, it's sacred if it's in God's hands and it's godly. But when it's doing harm to you and your kids, separate from it. Yeah, but that's my idea. That don't matter. Your kids are more important. Yeah, but you know, they're going to talk. Let them talk because you got some choices to make. And one of those choices has to be that you don't hang with those given to sinful ways according to Psalms 1, 1 through 3. But the third choice in that scripture that you got to make is don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. How do I say that? Well, it says this too. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You know who the seat of the scornful is? The seat of the scornful are those... The seed of the scornful are those that sit back and bring ridicule against people. They're those that will just sit back and hate all day. Don't be like that. And you know what? You know what? Some of our families are full of haters. Right? They sit around. Somebody gets a promotion. and yeah, it won't last long. What about the last promotion they got? Get away from folks like that. Get away from church folks like that. I like to make this atmosphere hard for people like that to stay in our atmosphere. Because if you're a hater, come on. That's detrimental to the things of God. I'll put it to you like this. Being a hater is anti-Christ. Because we're about lifting others. You can't lift somebody that you're putting down with your words. Don't be a hater. So... So Psalms tells us these things here, these things that will happen if you're going to have a life where you're prosperous, where everything you do prospers. It breaks it down for us right here. It says you got to get away from taking counsel from ungodly people. Don't hang with those given to sinful ways and don't be a hater. But here's the second part. Here's what you do got to do. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. What does that mean? Delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in God's word. Listen, you got to get around this word. you got to delight in it, which means this. We don't have to come to church. We get to come to church. Yes. I said we don't have to come. We get to come. And when we get here, we're happy to be here. Yes. See, some think they're doing God a favor by being here. You're not doing God a favor by being here. You're doing yourself a favor by being here. But the problem is you have not yet taught yourself. That you must delight in God's word. You know how you, knew, you know what you got to do? You got to do the same thing you did when you started drinking. Because there ain't a person in here that drank that liked it the first time they tried it. it. Got real quiet in this Presbyterian church. You know, the first time you drank that beer, you spit it out. You thought, oh, this is nasty. Why do people do this? But you kept going back. First time you tried hard liquor, <coughs> you almost threw up and choked. And then you said, let me get another hit of that. <laughs> and it wasn't long. You developed a taste for it. And that taste developed into a love for it. And some of us in this place got too much of a love to where it began to be an addiction. We had to get help for it. That's a problem. But sometimes when you're coming into the things of God, it's the same thing. You come and you I'm not even sure about all this. I don't know about all this. Oh, it's a little different. I'm not used to it. But you keep coming. I said, oh, that's all right. That's good. And God does something. God speaks. Oh, this is good. And what begins to happen is you acquire a taste. You begin to train yourself. I like this. This is good for me. I want to be here until you become an addict, like, all, like some of us here. Not all of us, but some of us. You can't keep us away because we're addicted to those things. We're addicted. We delight in God's word. Some of you need to get up in this. You have not yet learned to delight in it. If somebody's still making you come to church, come on, it's time to grow up. If you're still doing it to make your wife happy, come on, man. Get your own relationship right. Get your get your own self right, because, see, it's about choices. It's about choices. You got to make a choice. I'm going to delight in God's word. I'm going to put myself into this thing. I'm going to learn his word. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to get in my Bible every day. I'm going to give God 10 minutes. You know, is the second thing. What is the second thing he says you got to do? You got to meditate in God's word day and night. That's a choice. The Bible ain't going to float over to you in your bed. Ooh, it's time. It's not going to do that. That's a word for some of you because some of you have been waiting for that. Because you say things like this, Pastor, I just don't feel like doing it. You don't feel like doing it. You know how you can change what you feel like doing? Like this, I'm going to read my word right now. I'm going to do it. Here's the problem. Many of us, we still live by feelings. Let me tell you, feelings will mess you over because there will be times you don't feel like going to work. Amen? Some of you know that feeling because you've lost jobs over it. No, no, that was my boss. Not when your boss, that was you. Because you couldn't get there on time because you was loving that bed more than getting up. I know I'm flowing prophetically right now. So how did he know? Because it's choices. It's choices. We have to make choices every day. And if you're going to meditate on God's word, that's a choice you make. What does it mean to meditate? doesn't mean sit Indian style. and um, You've been watching too many cartoons. That word meditate means this, to mutter. You know what it really means? To confess. Meditating on God's word means you confess the word every day. That's what it means. You get a scripture like we read earlier. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel. Father, I thank you that you said that whatever I do shall prosper according to Psalms 1-3. Whatever I do will prosper. You said whatever I do would prosper if I would meditate on your word. That's meditation. You know how most people read the Bible? Hmm, let's see here. Okay, I'm ready for my day. (laughs) Listen, you're only half done, buddy. You're only half done. Because if you want to prosper in everything you do, start reading that thing out loud. Start reading that thing over your life. Start speaking that thing over your life. Because blessed is the man who meditates on the word day and night, and whatever he does shall prosper. See, we want that whatever we do will prosper thing. But, you know, in order to get that promise, it's choices. It's choices. And some of you have not yet learned to make better choices. What's the third thing? What's the other choice you got to make in that scripture? You got to get planted. Because he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You want to be like a tree that's planted? You got to get planted. Plant. You got to plant yourself in a house, in a church. Be a part of that church. Get there every week. Tell your neighbor every week. Not just when you feel like it. Not just when you got time. Listen, make it a priority. Because yeah. if I asked every person here, do you believe God is the most important thing in your life? Oh, absolutely, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> well, hey, ask your boss to give you Sunday mornings off. Oh, well, that ain't going to happen. That's just not going to happen because of Can God do anything? Yes. Oh, yeah, but not speak to my boss. I thought you said you believed that time in God's presence is the most important thing in your life. See, we don't want to be challenged in that way. But what I'm challenging you to do is live like you say you believe you live. Let's keep going. So he says, get planted. Number four, what else does he say? And this is the thing I want us all to catch in here. He says, and whatever you do, will prosper. So tell your neighbor right now, do something. Do something. Don't, no, don't tell him like that. I was telling you that. Do something. Young people, do something. Go to college. Get a degree. Plan a business. Do something. Because you can't fail if you do something. We got people in here complaining about their jobs every day. I can't stand my job. My boss is so crazy. You know why I make that voice? Because that's how dumb it sounds. That's why I do those voices, because this is dumb, that kind of stuff, coming out of a believer's mouth. Believers, we we shouldn't be talking like that. I just can't stand my boss, man. Yeah, that's how dumb you sound when you say it in a normal voice. Why is it dumb to sound like that? Because whatever you do will prosper. You're choosing to be at the level where you work at a job like that. Well, I ain't got no money to start a business. Let me ask you this. Do you know how to start a business? You know what the first step to doing something new is? Learn about it. Read a book about it. Talk to somebody about it. Walk into some small business on the street and say, how did you start this? Oh no, but we got, everybody in here, I want to start a restaurant. Have you ever read a book on it? Then you don't want to start a restaurant. Man, I just have a dream that I want to start a business, a clothing store. Have you ever asked somebody that has started a clothing store how they did it? Then you don't want to do it. You know why? The choices we make show us what we believe, not the things you tell yourself. I've always wanted to go on a missions trip. No, you don't. Let me call you out right now. No, you don't. Quit saying that. You sound dumb. Quit saying that. Have you opened a savings account for a missions trip ticket? Well, no. You don't want to go. Have you ever given to somebody else's trip? Well, no. You don't want to go. Do you got a passport? Well, no. Then quit saying you want to go because you don't want to go. Because your choices prove what you believe. Is this too real this morning? Listen, the reason I'm saying this is because some of you need to come out of this slumber. You're under this thing and you're believing all the reasons why you can't do what you want to do in life. Fulfill your dreams. But start doing it by making good choices. Because God is trying to tell you he's with you. And if you make good choices, whatever you do will prosper. But you got to start making the choices. And you got to quit complaining. And you got to get rid of the reasons. Quit listening to that song. (laughs) Get something new in the playlist. You got to stop listening to the reasons and start hearing his word and making better choices. Am I making anybody mad in here today? (laughs) If I am, that's okay. Because you got to come out of this little victim life. Pastor Charles taught us years ago this, my wife and I this, and he said this. The life you have is the life you build. You can't blame your dad. He ain't living the life you are can't blame your mom, your siblings, the man, who, your boss, your race. If you want a good life, go out and get it. God's empowered you to get it, to get your world big. And quit speaking dreams that you don't even make good choices and say you follow. Man, I, you know, I, I, I always rail on this because it, just, it makes me sick to hear people say family first. When they don't take their kids to church. You don't bring your wife to church. You don't serve in church. Yet you cry in family first. The first thing you should do for your kids and your family. Is model a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because without Christ. How far are they going to get? Without Christ. Oh there will be some reasons. Because to go out and face obstacles without God in their life. You know what a good father does? He does whatever he needs to do to get that inside of his kids. You know what a good mom does? She models what it is like to serve God so that her children see that and they grow up in a house that provides that. Family first. Show it. Prove it. Prove it by the choices you're willing to to make amen god's first prove it by the choices that you make because it don't you just saying it ain't gonna do it you got to prove it out how many know you got to prove your love to your spouse pick up your casones man that says i love you better than anything else i could see somebody going "Hi, baby I can see somebody doing that. I'm not going to say who, though, because he was very specific. By the choices we make, we prove our love. We prove our commitment. Do you believe in that dream, that business? Make choices that show it. Do you really believe you're supposed to start a restaurant, start a business, start this, start this? Prove it by the choices. Amen? Let me keep giving you some other scriptures here. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 4. Here is the enemy of expanding your world. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Did you know the thing, and we read it earlier, that keeps your world small is stinginess and laziness? Because lazy people have reasons. Right? Those are the ones that subscribe to that reasons. They got that song on, always playing in. Well, this is why I'm not plowing, because it's cold outside. That's what it says there. The lazy man comes up with excuses. Well, I'm not going to plow because it's winter. Okay. Don't plow because it's winter. And watch what happens at harvest. You will have nada, nothing, zilch, zip. And it ain't nobody's fault. It's not the cold's fault. It's your fault. Because you chose to be lazy. Look what it says in Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. It says this. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. And when I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it. And received instruction. And here's what it said to him. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And so shall poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. You know what this verse says here? It says that poverty comes from laziness and ignorance. Laziness and ignorance. That's what the scriptures say. Don't get mad at me. I'm just reading the Bible to you. But there's also two other things that contribute to poverty, and that's pride and stinginess. And we'll look at that in the the future weeks to come here. But look at what it says here. Poverty comes from ignorance and laziness. Because here's the deal. When you read about what Jesus taught as he walked the earth, I know you thought he's just walking around carrying sheep and looking all sweet because of them pictures. But he walked around preaching strong. And he walked around teaching folks the ways of the kingdom. And one of the things he he taught about heaven and how heaven works is he talked about the parable of the talents and where each person was given a measure of talent. And the one that did nothing with their talent, he said, you're wicked. He said, that's wicked. Get away, get out of my sight. What was he teaching us there? He said, he's, he's basically saying this. When you have the ability to get wealth, When you have a promise that whatever you do will prosper and you do nothing with it, that's wicked. That's wicked. That's In the kingdom, that's wicked. So let me really bug your mind out right now. When you've got churches that have a covenant with God to do incredible things, and they exist in a community, and they're doing nothing for it, they're not taking any chances, they're not feeding nobody, they're not loving on nobody, they're just having services every Sunday, that's wicked. Because they're doing nothing with what God has given them. And I do not want it to be one day that when God looks at Elevate Life Church, he sees a bunch of wicked people. Because what is, how does the kingdom view wickedness? The kingdom views wickedness like this. When God gives you something and you don't multiply it. If God gives you a gift, he, he expects you to produce with it. Well, why does God want me to produce? So you can establish his covenant. You can bless other people. Amen? And so he tells us this. The enemy... To your world getting bigger and bigger is laziness. It's laziness. It's not the man. It's not your boss. Because all God has to do, man, I've been promoted by bosses that hated me. I've been hired by folks that didn't want to hire me. And they would even tell me, I don't even, I don't know why I'm doing this because you don't have the qualifications. But we're going to give you the job. I've had experience like that. Raise your hand. Look at all the hands up in this place. See, God can do it. So when you have a covenant like that and you do nothing with it, that's a problem. That's a problem because you got no excuses. You want to start a business, start it. You want to own a home, own a home. You want to buy some land, buy some land. Well, it's not that easy, Pastor. You know it is if you believe the word of God, because God will begin to show you. Like I said earlier, you want to start a business. Stop in a business and say, hey, man, how'd you start this? Hey, how'd you get a loan? Talk to, ask a question. Somebody just buys a house instead of hating on them. Pff, must be nice having a house. I wish I made money like that person. No, no, no. Run over to them and say, hey, who was your lender? Who was your, how did you do this? Instead of sitting there and going, oh, they must, they, they must be selling weed. That's the only way she, they, 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 they work where I work. They work where I work. I know what she makes. and They're buying houses? Uh-oh. Something ain't right. No, maybe they just found a way to do it. They asked a the question. Are you tracking with me today? You, you need to catch this today because we've got to move beyond li- a life of limitation. And here's the other thing. You're never too old. You're never too young. But get out there and start, and start manifesting the call in your life. Get out there and start doing it. See, poverty comes from ignorance, laziness, pride, and stinginess. Those four things. Listen, if you're in a place right now where you're in lack, listen, I don't want you to feel condemned. There have been times my wife and I were living on credit cards. There have been times where we didn't have anything. We didn't have a lot. So this is not a condemnation against people that are struggling we have struggled. <laughs> We've been there, done that, and there wasn't a t shirt to buy. We've been, you know, when I was single, I had them top ramen nights. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm going grocery shop, I come back with top ramen. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. Chicken, beef, shrimp, right there. <laughs> I'm good. I've been there. I've been there trying to make that kind of happen. So this is not a condemnation against that. It's this. you got to dream big, and God will be with you. You know, when we came to California, we, I was in ministry 15 years, but that doesn't translate on an application. And We knew God called us here, so we're willing to take a chance. We're willing to step out and do what God called us to do because all I had was his word. He said he'd be with me. And we got here, and Florida's a different place than, than California. Florida is a different place. The prices are different. The cost of living is different. The people are different. You know, So here I am. I, now I'm a southern boy from Florida. And I come here to California. I'm, I'm like, whoa, I'm trying to get a job. No one's going to hire me. They look at my resume, 15 years in ministry, huh? Okay, put that in the garbage. I, had, I, had, I didn't have qualifications for anything. And I'll never forget, you know, meeting with my cousin Eli. And he says, hey, man, I heard you're looking for work and stuff. He says, if you start a business, I'll hire you to clean my gym. I was like, cool. Okay, what do I got to do? And he, I didn't know how to start a business. He gave me the address. He said, hey, call this number, da-da-da, go down there, file your papers. And if you do that, I'll start it. So I started. And I, and I started this little cleaning business. And, and I went uh, every night. He goes, but here's the deal. You got to go every seven nights a week, no days off. The gym closes at 9, you got to get it clean before the next morning. So I went out there and got, you know, got, long story short, God was with me the whole time. God caused that thing to prosper. To where at one point I had a crew of 10 people doing my one little job. And the city was paying for them. The city was paying for my workers. You want to know why? Because I had a covenant. You want to know the second reason? Because I was doing something. You know what I wasn't doing? sitting around going, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? I'm a pastor. You know, I said, I got a covenant to make wealth. Let me go wash some toilets. Let me go mop some floors. Come on, somebody. Let me get out there and do something. God is with me. Whatever I do will prosper. And you know what? It did prosper. When I left that job, when we, when we closed that business, we were making three times we were when we started. Some of y'all worked with me. Robbie and Cheeto even came out and helped me, and we paid that. I mean, it it was a great thing that God did because we did something. What I want to provoke you to this morning is this do something. Do something. Look your job, look your dreams in the face, and begin to speak to them and say, God's with me. God's with me. But see, you got to overcome these things ignorance, laziness, pride, and stinginess. Now, ignorance doesn't mean stupidity. Let me me, me make that clear. When it says ignorance, it doesn't mean stupidity, that if you're just stupid, you're going to be poor. Ignorance means lack of knowledge. Did you know for many of us, what's keeping us from our dream is a lack of knowledge? Do you know how you acquire knowledge? Ask, talk, ask questions, read, get a book. Whatever your background is, somebody probably wrote a book on it. How to get a job after getting out of jail. Somebody probably wrote a book on that. Could help you with that. How to get a job with no college education. There's probably a book on that. How to prosper in America and you're not a citizen. I bet you there's a book on that. But you got to go after it. See, you got to make good choices. Or you could stay home and watch Judge Judy like you're doing right now. Just smile at me. The Holy Ghost has told me that right now. Some of you... Break that Judge Judy addiction right now. <laughs> but it's all, it's all choices. It's all choices. You could take a class on how to fill out a resume. Or you could stay home and watch music videos. It's, it's choices. Yeah. And when they ask you, why don't you have a job, you'll give them reasons. Yeah. But the reasons won't change. You don't have a job. But if you go out and you make better choices, God will be with you and whatever you do will prosper. Is this helping somebody? Is there a parent of a teenager that is glad they brought their son or daughter to church today? Because listen, doing nothing, it's not going to produce nothing, right? Nothing, but nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something. (laughs) If you want to be with me, come on. All right, let me wrap this up for you real quick here. So let, let me show you another scripture here. So So poverty will come, ignorance, laziness, pride, and stinginess. So here's the thing we started out understanding. The world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy is smaller and smaller. So what does that tell us? One way to enlarge our world is to be generous. Be generous. You know, there's a reason I'm bringing this to you today. You know, the Bible says to know the state of your sheep. And we do a lot of great things in our community and around the world here. But did you know our church's giving is, is good, but it's still far below what it should be? It's still far below what we could, what we could be accomplishing. It is. And the reason that is, when I, when I see that and I look at our, our, and our numbers, and for those of you that are members here, uh, we are going to be having our, we usually have a year-end report that everybody that is a member, we want to give you an accountability of where the finances have gone, what we've used it on, what we've spent it on because we believe in be doing everything above board and we do that, but it's only for our members to be a part of that. We'll let you know when that's going to be. Also, your giving statements will be available next week at the back table there. So those of you that were tithing and giving members and gave anything to this church will have a receipt that you can use towards your taxes as a tax write-off and whatnot. And if you do want it mailed to your house, just please let them know in the back and they'll mail it to you. Or you could pick it up here in the back. But I say all that to say it's good. We've got generous people, but it's still not what it could be if we all just did the base of what the Bible tells us to do. And so what that tells me is this, that even though we love God, and I believe that everybody here does, there's still some limitations here. And it's either because of ignorance or casualness, which is laziness. Because we should not be casual when it, put, when it comes down to including God in our finances. Because remember, Deuteronomy 8 said this, remember me. Remember me. Acts tells us this, that when the centurion came, God, the Bible says uh, that, the, that the apostle told him, you know what? Your giving has come as a remembrance unto the Lord. Yes. Giving speaks of remembering God. And so when I see that our finances are good but not what biblically they should be, it means this, we lack teaching or we're just being casual about it. Now, either way, if it's lacking of teaching, I want to get you so fired up. I want to get you understanding what God's word says about it. Because here's the thing, giving affects where you're going. Write that down, tweet that. Giving affects where you're going. And if you're not giving, maybe you're not going anywhere. Because it's the generous that the world gets bigger, the stingy the world gets smaller. So even though it's good as a church, it's not what it could be. So let's attack ignorance. Let's get some teaching. Let's talk about it a little bit. I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not afraid to get into the scriptures and give you verses and and talk to you about how giving is good in your life. Why? Because if the Bible's very clear, when you give, God blesses you back. When you give, it causes your world to get bigger and bigger. So if I keep that from you because it's uncomfortable, I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good pastor. There's a lot of people uh, that, you know, we don't want to talk about that because it makes people uncomfortable. The messages we need to hear are the uncomfortable messages. The challenging messages, the messages that just go, oh, that's so great. You probably didn't even need to hear that. But the messages that challenge you you go, "Okay, I got to make some changes on this one. Those are the ones where God is moving and altering your destiny. And so the second part is we're just casual with it. We're just lazy with it. And here's the thing. You cannot be casual with your money. We started this Dave Ramsey class and it's actually is this the last week coming up. One more week after this, they're they're, they're, they're going to be finishing up. We have close to 30 people sign up to learn about their finances. I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. We're going to start a second class of that in, in the spring. And I want to challenge everybody to get rid of the ignorance in our minds about our money so that we don't become casual with it and that we understand God's given you money to establish his covenant in the earth. If you haven't been a part of that class, we'll have signups in another month or so. But the reason we're doing that is to chase laziness and casualness out of our finances. Why? Because you've got to understand, we've got a covenant we've got to work at. God's looking at you as a steward, and what are we producing with that? What are we doing with what God has given us, the jobs that he's given us, the paycheck that you get? Instead of complaining that it's not enough, put it in God's hands and he'll make it enough. Well, how's he going to do that, pastor? Any way he wants to. Any way he wants to. But here's the thing. If you will start making choices that back up, I believe God can do anything, you'll see a move in your life. It's choices. When we receive the offering every week, you have a choice to make. When it's time to give your tithe and you get your paycheck, you have a choice to make. And the choice is this, am I going to remember my God and the covenant that I, I'm supposed to be establishing, or am I not? And this is when the reasons come. Oh, I would, but I got this reason, I got that reason, baby, need a new pair of shoes, and da 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 and all this kind of reasons here. But listen, if you want to live by the reasons, your world will stay small. But if you'll make choices to live by what you say you believe, your world will would get bigger and bigger. Are you guys catching this this morning? I'm going to leave you on this thought here. Expanding your world is dependent on you. I want you to write that down. Expanding your world is dependent on you. Christians love to say things like, well, I'm just waiting on God. Here's another thing Christians love to say. Well, if it's God's will... If it's God's will, then you know, God willing. Let me, let me tell you something, baby. God's willing. He's made that very clear. He's made it very clear. He's you're waiting on him, he's waiting on you. I'm just waiting for a sign. God's waiting on you. At the cross, you know what he said? It's finished. You know what he was saying? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And what he does, he gives everything to us in promises. We talked about that last year. He gives you the keys to the kingdom and you waiting on him. You know what that is? That's an excuse. That's a reason. Yeah, but I, isn't it true there's a timing to everything? Yeah, there's a timing to everything, but maybe it's time for you to read a book. Maybe it's time for you to get some training. Maybe it's time for you to ask some questions. Maybe it's time to serve another man's vision. But you've got to be doing something. Because if you're going to expand your world, it's on you. It's on you. And God tells you, I'm with you. Whatever you do will prosper. I've given you a, a covenant to establish wealth. I'm there. I'm with you. But you got to do something. You got to prove you believe that by your choices. Amen? What would happen if we did, made choices based on what we tell everybody we believe? We'd be a powerful church. Because everybody says, God first. Everybody says, I can do all things through Christ. Prove it by your choices. If you really believe you can do all things, then that means you can go to college. That means you could take a class. That means you could abstain from sexual intercourse until you're married. But it's a choice that needs to be made. It's a choice that needs to be. Are you tracking with me today? So let me leave you with this. Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17. If you come help me on the keyboard. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. It says this. Then the Lord took man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis chapter 2 has wrapped up in it. Actually, Genesis, the whole book, has wrapped in it the law of first mention. And what the law of first mention is, is it's basically this. It's, it's, for it to be true throughout the entire Bible, it has to maintain continuity. Continuity. It has to be true in the beginning and in revelations all throughout. And we see certain things in Genesis that are first mentioned and then they're translated all the way through the Bible. And one of the things that is mentioned in Genesis here is this this law first mentioned about uh, uh, the law of divine portion. And what it is is this. God creates a garden, a perfect world. He puts Adam and Eve in it and he says this to them. It's all yours. You have every tree, every animal. This whole place is yours. Do whatever you want with it. Enjoy it. Make fruit salad. Do whatever you want to do with all the fruit. But he says this, except this tree, this tree's mine. This tree's mine. This tree is separated to me. Now, Adam and Eve had a choice to make. They had a choice to make. And it's the same choice that you and I need to learn how to make in our lives. It's a choice to reserve something for the Lord and his purposes. And you will see this all throughout the scriptures, okay? It's the law of divine portion. So he tells Adam and Eve, you can eat everything except that. Later on, when God establishes this covenant with Israel, he says, Israel, you need to build me a temple. And he says, you could have the outer court, the priest could have the inner court, but nobody goes into the Holy of Holies. That's mine. See, it's just the same principle. You could have all this, but this is reserved for me. And if you reserve that for me, I'll bless all the rest of it. You can, be, you can go as far as you want, you can do whatever you want, but that's me. And we see this all throughout the scriptures. Even so, when the law was given to Moses, he gives, a, he gives a covenant to Israel. And he says this, every time you get increase, you bring me the tithe. You can have 90%. You can do whatever you want with it. But that 10%, that 10 percent's mine. Now, we're not under the law no more. We're not under the law. We get that. But... That understanding of how the spirit realm works and that law of divine portion still applies. That when you give God a portion, he sanctifies the whole thing. How many of y'all believe that? So when we give God 10%, he blesses the 90. When you give God a day in your week, your Sundays, he blesses the other days. When you give God some time in your day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, 30 minutes, the rest of your day goes smooth. See, I thank God that we serve a God. He's not saying you got to give it all. He's saying enjoy it all, but this is mine. This part right here is mine. You want to spend 24 hours at work and doing other things? That's fine, but bow with me and spend some time with me before you go. You want to watch TV when you come home from school? You want to hang out and play video games? That's fine. But at some point, give me a portion. And I'll bless the rest of it. See, folks, we've got to get this strong in our lives as a church. We don't tithe because we have to. We don't tithe because God is going to curse us. No, here's here's why we give a tenth. Because that choice... Proves what I believe. And the choice to not do it also proves what I believe. But I would rather prove that I believe everything I do will prosper because I give. I would rather prove God, according to Malachi chapter 3, I would rather see God proven by the choice I make to give. Than saying, oh, I believe God can do all things. And then, the, and then we don't give. See, what is my goal this year? My goal is to get every member here to be a regular tither. Oh, there it is. See, there it is. Oh, that pastor is, is he's after money. That's what they all say. But I would have to be the dumbest pastor on the planet Earth to be after money and come to South Sacramento. Pray for me if that's what you think about me because I'm really dumb. Listen, if I wanted money, I wouldn't be in South Sacramento. If this vision was about money, we picked the wrong neighborhood, baby. So you could take that somewhere else. That don't apply here. But what we're after is this. Establishing the covenant of our God. We have a staff here that works so hard to touch lives here and around the world, and they don't get paid. But do you know what would happen if we could get every person, just the members, to be regular tithers? We could bless the families of the people that serve you. You know what we could do if we had a full-time youth pastor? How more effective that youth ministry could be? Do you know how more blessed the the children's ministry could be if we had a couple that could give their time, their energy, their prayer everything to that we need to get there folks but we're going to get there when the people understand their divine responsibility to give God his divine portion he'll let you buy the handbags, the Jordans he'll let you do whatever you want with the other 90% but he says this separate that unto me Separate that unto me. And watch me expand your world. How many got that this morning? Give God a good clap like you're not mad about it. Come on, like you're not mad about it. Now, ushers, go ahead and stand up, and let's pass out envelopes of this morning. And we're going to make our confession with a different understanding today. An understanding that the confession that we make That is our faith. But it's not only our faith that determines our life. It's the choice we make. And this morning we make the choice to give. I said it last week for 2017. What's going to make this a great year is you determining to give God that divine portion. What is his? That 10%. It's his. Yeah, but we're not under the law. No, no, no. It's not about being blessed or cursed. It's about understanding of what God can do when you put him first and you put something in his hand. We've got some great things planned this year for this community and the world. We're already talking about Easter. We're gonna blow Easter out of the water for the people in this community. We are putting together some dramas that are gonna reach the hearts of people that come out and bring their kids. We're bringing in a band this year that's gonna come and they're gonna be bad too. Ooh they're going to be. That's just a clue of who they are. They're going to be bad. And they're going to come and they're going to perform. We're going to do all these great things for this people in this community and it's going to happen great. We're already working on our uh, Dominican Republic trip. We're going to the DR. We're going to uh, go into the Caribbean and suffer for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. The beaches need Jesus too. Amen. We got to reach the beach, amen. And so we're going to go to the Dominican Republic, but seriously, and we're going to reach out to those folks there, and there's already a community that Pastor Vince has spied out. These kids, the kids in this community, they play in the baseball in this field, and it's not safe for them. We're going to go and put a baseball field in this community from Jesus. Amen from this community right here and then we're gonna do a youth conference for those kids we're gonna get a bunch of kids saved we're gonna minister there we're going back to the Philippines in the fall and we're gonna reach thousands of high schoolers out there with the gospel message we're gonna do some great things here with our VBS we've already had a family step up and say we're covering the cost of VBS yeah see that family they get it they get it yeah you don't have to clap because you're filling things out I get it but they understand they understand that part of what God has blessed them with is to establish the covenant. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to cause them to be wealthy. That's going to cause them to grow in that impact. What would happen if every member just says, God, I'm going to give you your divine portion. We're going to reach more people. We're going to win more souls. We're going to make a better environment for the kids in nursery, youth, all these different things. Listen, we need you. Listen, if you're a member here, you're important. If you're a member here, that job that you're complaining about, it's important because it allows you to be a part of what God's doing here. And you watch what begins to happen in your life. It's going to expand. Your world is about to expand. I don't know who's coming in it, but people are coming in, and maybe some people are going out. But the opportunities, the choices you have are getting bigger and bigger. I love, keep posting the, the testimonies on the church site there. I love hearing about uh, Amanda getting her dream job. She's been serving at Methodist Hospital over here. She's getting transferred. She's getting her dreamed. I love hearing that. I loved hearing about Jessica here getting promoted with the sheriff department in the art and arcade area and stepping into that. I love hearing uh, how Eddie Escobar over here has been stepping up and helping out at the, uh, and serving in that area of, of the jail. And you're still going to be on 2020? Is that coming up soon? John, January what? Oh, it passed. Is it on YouTube or anything? Okay. He was on 2020, January 5th. We missed it. He was on 2020, they interviewed him about the difference he's making in the inmates' lives at Mule Creek over there. Yeah, give Jesus a hand clap for (laughs) that. Love hearing about that kind of stuff. The opportunities that'll come your way if you'll believe God, if you'll have faith and make good choices. Tell your neighbor, make some good choices. Make some good choices. Are y'all ready to give today? Let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet as we close. We're going to make our confession real strong right now. We're going to believe, God, that these things are going to happen on the count of three. One, two, three. As we give today, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, Bills to be paid. Scholarships, grants, and tuitions. Blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give God a good praise clap. Go ahead and be seated as the ushers receive that this morning. And we're going to let you go. Uh, one other thing, a couple other things I want to remind you of. If you have not yet become a member of Elevate Life Church, our next uh, new members class is beginning in February. And I know a number of you have signed up. And don't worry, we're, it's coming up in February. We're going to have a light luncheon uh, and just get a chance to share the vision with you a little bit more in debt. Uh, So if you're uh, interested in learning about the vision and what it takes to be planted, we want to invite you to sign up for that in the back table there. Also, we have our First Steps class that will be starting again in February. Okay? So if you've never been through Pastor Cheeto's class on First Steps, it's an eight-week course. Eight weeks, two months, every Sunday morning at nine, they meet over in the classroom and you're going to shore up your foundation. If you're a brand new believer, you're somebody that's just starting in this walk, you need to be in that class. Okay, you need to get those truths about why we do what we do. And it answers so many of those questions. If you want to learn how to pray, if you want to learn why, even more in depth about why we give and why we come to church and who the Holy Spirit is and what's praying in tongues about and why do we do all that, get yourself to this class. See, this is a choice. Prove That you want to know more about the word by getting up early on a Sunday. Come on. And come into the class. Don't just make the excuses. Well, reasons. Get get rid of that. I do love that song. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But um, hey, get the reasons out of your life. Amen. Are we good? Let's stand on our feet right now. And let's just go out with prayer. Father, I just thank you right now that, Lord, our eyes are open. I pray over each person here that has a dream in their spirit. And if they don't have one, Lord, we pray right now that you would begin to speak to them. What will they do with this ability to get wealth? What will they do with this promise that whatever they do will prosper? Father, I pray that you would keep them up at night. That you won't let them sleep even, Lord God. That they would wrestle with this dream. So that they can get their life on the right path. Father, you've given each person here a gift, an ability. Somebody here has an ability to work on cars. And and you keep saying, well, I want to do this. God is going to give you a plan. that's going to work. You even say right now, oh, I tried before, but it failed. It's going to be different this time because you're going to remember God. That's a word for somebody here. But I just pray over every person as they go. Father, give them the ability to dominate in the workplace and to put you first in everything they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Be blessed. Have a great week. Amen. God bless you guys.